0: Beep, the review podcast yeah
1: oh yeah we're starting it off um Oops. in rob zombie and we don't like rob zombie but rob zombie fashion <laughs> <laughs> review because <laughs> 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 that's how this movie starts off
0: oh my gosh so welcome to the review podcast i'm Bree, and i'm anthony and this is the podcast in which we review movies and
1: then review them
0: yeah so welcome Anthony will pick up from here because I don't know what uh, else bullshit well, lo- he talks about in this opening.
1: <laughs> I'm lost along the way. Um, we we watch a movie. Ugh, now I'm lost because I normally do that part. And she took it from me. Um,
0: Girl power. This is a podcast in which we... <laughs> and... <I had> that- <laughs> uh, <laughs> i've been listening to a lot of destroy boys <laughs>
1: um uh,
0: interrupting cow
1: <laughs> <laughs> this is a podcast in which we review movies
0: and then we review movies
1: uh we watch a movie that one of us has seen at least one time and then we come about the podcast and we talk about all the good all the bad everything in between and uh absolutely gush over this stuff right brie
0: yeah we we gush
1: we gush gushers Gushers. what flavor are you
0: um i'm the blue one
1: i don't remember the flavors there's a is, think... there's a green one right watermelon
0: gusher i think so mm-hmm, that's me i'm what i'm always the blue one if you <laughs> <laughs> if you're ever like what is brie she's the blue one gatorade the blue one
1: which blue one the, but there's a couple of blue ones.
0: I'm um, the good blue one, not the dark blue I, I one. The light blue t- one.
1: There's blue cherry. Arctic blast. There's art. Well, there's Arctic blast. There's blue cherry. There's cool blue, and then there's glacier freeze. Is
0: it glacier freeze the one? I like glacier
1: freeze is the good one. Yeah, that's yeah. the
0: good one. And the blue push pop.
1: That's a good one. Yeah.
0: The blue dum dum. Not not blue raspberry. Can- not the cotton candy one. That one tastes like shit. I'm here to say it. Why is the blue cotton candy delicious separate from cotton candy? I was going to ask stuff. why
1: the cotton candy dum-dum is blue and not pink. I know that there's blue cotton candy, but traditional cotton candy is pink.
0: I don't know. There's already so many pink dum-dums.
1: I mean, there's only so many colors, right?
0: Yeah. <laughs> so I'm the blue, um, the blue slushy, the 7-Eleven.
1: Also blue raspberry, I believe. You're just one big blue raspberry. I
0: know. (laughs) I love raspberries, like regular raspberries, because, you know, blue raspberries only blue because there were so many red things already that they just made raspberries blue.
1: When I worked at the (laughs) ice cream parlor, I think I might have told the story already on the podcast at some point. I apologize if I'm repeating myself. But when I worked at the ice cream parlor when I was in high school the customers always would ask, we would have blue raspberry Italian ice. I swear to God, I've gotten this question multiple times. It's absurd to me that I got this question more than once, uh, which was, is the blue raspberry Italian ice made with real blue raspberries? And the first time I got asked that question, I had to pause for a second and take a moment to myself to consider, is this an actual question that you're asking me? Because... (laughs) blue raspberries don't exist there's no such thing as it's an artificial flavor um i'm sure there are raspberries that are blue that are out there but the actual like blue raspberry flavor is artificial so i have to tell the customers all the time it doesn't exist it's artificial there's no such thing as a blue raspberry so the second time i get asked that i'm like I re- i've rehearsed at this point no there's no such thing as a blue raspberry I remember one of my coworkers just go <laughs> he was a uh, um like in his 20s working at this place and he was just like fed up with the whole thing and when he kept getting asked about the blue raspberries he would tell the customers no there's no such thing as a blue raspberry and then he'd like shut the window and look at me and be like they're so fucking stupid <laughs> he would just get so mad over that question but no, no real blue. Unless you're brie, then you're a real blue raspberry.
0: I'm the bluest raspberry that there is. The
1: uh the raspberryest version of blue. Mhm. Or that.
0: Mm, speaking of blue raspberry. Gone. I love, you know that like s- icy squeeze like that like that goop that you can get?
1: Nope. <laughs> the goop. What are you it's talking called, about like
0: icy freeze or something? It's a pant, the big pan, not no, not panda, polar bear, and the icy jacket, and it's like at a the squeeze. Movie, at the movie no, theater? No, and it's in a squeeze tube, and it's like a gel.
1: So it's like the brand icy, yeah, but it's like a gel?
0: A, a gel squeeze tube. And sounds you just, gross. Oh, it's delicious. <laughs> it sounds so nasty. It's, it brings back childhood memories. I, I know what you're talking
1: about with like ice cream that's, or not ice cream, but candy, that's gel. And I always thought that those were really gross. Oh, they're delicious! Like I just didn't like the texturing oh, of it. Oh,
0: I love the texture. Goop. Goopy. <laughs> <laughs> Not
1: Gwyneth Paltrow's goop. Ew, no. But um, the candy goop. Anyway, hi Brie.
0: Hi. <laughs>
1: what? Well, how are you How are you doing today?
0: I'm good. I just got an oil change, and I went. So I get my oil changed by my brother-in-law. And so I get to go by my sister's house and she made a charcuterie board. So I was grazing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> grazing the fields. <laughs> yeah, I had
0: beef jerky, delicious, teriyaki beef jerky, um, cuties, um dates, peanut Ms. Can you put whatever? Different you cheeses. Want. Yes. You can, can you put, put whatever you want on a charcuterie board? Anything you want. Because
1: you're mentioning oranges, and I was like, I don't know if I've ever had a charcuterie board that had an orange on it, but can you put like chips on a charcuterie board and still be a charcuterie board? You can, do whatever you, you can board? do whatever
0: you want. That's why I'm I told Anthony many moons ago for on Sundays we should just do like a charcuterie day. It's too
1: expensive to make a charcuterie board.
0: Julie does it though like all the time.
1: It reminds me of when we that one season of The Bachelor where they asked this girl her favorite food and she said charcuterie, charcuterie? board.
0: <laughs> Mine too, girl. Mine too. <laughs> She's
1: like my favorite food is a charcuterie board.
0: i love to graze i think if i had a charcuterie board for dinner i would just graze and i wouldn't eat too much because i'd just be grazing
1: grazing on some raisins
0: because you could have raisins on a charcuterie board i've seen it i've seen it before so
1: what would you say is like non grata for a charcuterie board like you like you shouldn't put it on a charcuterie board is there like one thing where you'd be like this should not go on a charcuterie board Or can you put anything? Can put anything. I put orange chicken on a charcuterie board. Yes,
0: if it's a. Asian food charcuterie board.
1: Can I put a a McDonald's cheeseburger
0: on a charcuterie board? Yes, if it's a McDonald's (laughs) charcuterie board. I've seen. Have you seen charcuterie board parties where everyone brings a charcuterie board and someone brings like a fried chicken charcuterie board where it has like different fried chickens on it, and then someone brought a McDonald's charcuterie board where it's like different hamburgers and fries and chicken nuggets and like stuff like that. You could do anything you want. There are no rules in charcuterie. I feel like there are rules. There has to be rules. No. Can
1: I put like um some nuggets on a charcuterie. Yeah,
0: board. if it's on like what uh,
1: about a pop tart?
0: Pop tart breakfast charcuterie. Hot dog, uh, Chicago style charcuterie. Chicago
1: style charcuterie board. You can have a shot of Malort on there too. Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, maybe some old style.
0: No, I I was picturing uh, like uh, uh, a beef mi- Italian beef. Yeah, <laughs> hot dogs. <laughs> some good a oh, Maxwell Polish.
1: I was just reading something on my Twitter feed. Uh, opening up a new tab, um I was just reading something on my Twitter feed that showed up in my trending topics about because I had started rewatching The Bear on
0: without me. Without rude.
1: well, you've seen it. I don't. You don't like to rewatch stuff, but
0: he did, he acts like he knows me, but he knows perfectly well that I've seen. He's just not that into like well, you know what I mean. Like stuff times. that you're
1: not a hundred percent into. Um. Which we watched The Bear, and I loved it. It was, like, my favorite show out of last summer. Um, Because I love, like... I've told you about this before, how uh, FX is so, like, creator-driven that they just let their directors and their, um, their filmmakers, like, do whatever they want with these shows. And because of that, you get this, like, auteur stuff that turns you know, whatever kind of crappy idea or generic ideas such as a uh, guy runs a Chicago beef shop in Chicago into gold, into like something really, really artistically worthy. So I started rewatching that and then all of a sudden on my Twitter feed, I'm getting all these Italian beef, like trending topics. Oh, uh, how the bear on Netflix like reinvigorated the Italian beef in Chicago. And I was like, was it never? Was it ever like out of style? It's like,
0: girl, I will eat an Italian beef. There's people just Anytime didn't know about it. A beef is offered to me. Here's the thing. Here's the thing about me. I'll tell you something. The reason why I could never be a vegan or vegetarian. I love beef, hot dogs, hamburgers, meatballs, all that different stuff. Do you
1: remember when? Those jabronis in where were we for that wedding in Indiana? Were we in Indiana for that? Where we went to the rehearsal dinner? Yes,
0: it was in Indiana. <gasps> and they, they tried to
1: they tried to pass something off as an Italian, okay. a Chicago style Italian beef, and it was. If, so
0: we were told it was going to be <laughs> Italian beef, and so my Chicago ass okay. thinks I'm getting so a Chicago style beef. Wrongly assume it would actually be an Italian beef. It was, uh, I think they call it Mississippi pot roast.
1: It felt, like, it tasted it's, like it's um, pot roast. It tasted like a sausage that you would get on a pizza. It, it
0: was, it's the way people in Southern Illinois make beef,
1: which is the wrong, which way. is the
0: wrong way. There's <laughs> only one correct way to make an Italian beef. It's Chicago style. It's Chicago style. The other way, that's not how you make an Italian beef. It was, what are you talking it was gross. I'll, was I'll like, be honest, it was gross. It was, it's like you put something in the crock pot and it got all like. He, no, it's supposed to be sliced, like an Italian mm-hmm. beef is sliced meat.
1: Au what? Well, that's what it's called, right? Beef au jour? I don't know, I'm not a chef, but I watched enough of the bear to hear him say, oh, I think it's the term au jour multiple times. You need
0: to have, it needs to be sliced, it can't be, yes, like, chef. pulled apart. And I was watching, I was, we get there, and I'm like, they say they got Italian beefs, and I'm like, where do beefs at? <laughs>
1: I remember us looking at each other and we were like, "Where the beef. What the hell is this thing that they just put right in front of me? This is not an Italian beef.
0: I was like traumatized. I I didn't finish it. And then I turned (laughs) to my friend. I turned turned to my friend and I said, and I said, girl and the bride and my friend, I was like, girl, this is not an Italian beef. And she's like, yes it is. I'm like, no, it's not. You've been to Chicago. And she's like, this is how we make it an Italian beef down here. I was like, so the wrong way.
1: It's not Italian.
0: It's like, there's nothing Italian about this beef.
1: <laughs> Where's the jardinera?
0: Where's the jardinera?
1: Where's <laughs> the, the red pepper flakes? No,
0: they like put the jardinera in the beef juice and and crockpot it all together. That's disgusting. What are you doing there? Ugh. And it was spicy for no reason. Anthony couldn't eat it.
1: Not that I couldn't eat it. I didn't want to eat it.
0: And then it I, was, ended, it I ended up beef. eating a lot of bread with butter.
1: I'm sorry for anybody that is like, from anywhere, I love Mississippi Chicago, pot roast. From anywhere that anybody that's from anywhere that's not Chicago that's listening to this and saying like these stupid idiots don't know what they're talking about, uh, get out of here! All right, because <laughs> First... there's a couple things that we're very per- particular about, and one of them is Italian beef. The other is um, there was something. Uh, gosh, I can't remember what it was off the top of my head. Now that I'm on the spot and ranting to the audience about it, but there wasn't there one more thing where you're like. This isn't that. They gave me this. It's not that. What was that? I don't know. A gyro?
0: Oh, please don't say it like that. <laughs> it's a gyro.
1: There was something. Um, deep dish pizza. Maybe. But I'm actually not a big fan of deep dish pizza.
0: Well, see, deep people, dish
1: pizza is only for tourists.
0: Yeah, people in Chicago don't eat deep dish. That's gross.
1: Mm-hmm. What's your favorite kind of pizza?
0: My favorite pizza: mushroom and olive.
1: No, 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 no. <laughs> like I mean, style of pizza, not ingredients on top of the pizza.
0: Thin crust, Thin- extra sauce, well done. Ugh.
1: I do like a good football pizza, like a good, a, a so good greasy so you're pie. you're gonna do
0: if you are from the Chicagoland area. Because I don't live in this area anymore, I could tell you where to go get. I a think good
1: we pizza. we've already had this conversation with the audience before. In you you got to go
0: episode. to Franklin Park, Illinois, and you got to go to Grandstand Pizzeria, and you got to get their pizza, extra sauce, well done, thin crust. So good, best pizza, best pizza around.
1: Where's the cheese?
0: on top of the sauce actually it's
1: under the sauce
0: <laughs> um they have really like it's really good pizza and i would always get mushroom and olive pizza because like that's my favorite that's my favorite topping that um,
1: you shout out something i know i think it was our halloween halloween one or halloween two episode that we had this exact same conversation i just
0: love pizza
1: and um i'm gonna do the same thing that i did on that episode and i'm gonna shout out a local pizza place don't go to your Franklin Parks. That's not Chicago. Go to the neighborhood of Bridgeport. Um, if you can fight your way <laughs> into the city. <laughs>
0: uh, I have. There's a special place in our heart for Bridgeport.
1: Yes. Uh, if you can fight your way into the city and you can survive long enough <laughs> to find a good pizza place, you're going to go to one of two pizza places. You're either going to – and these are some of my favorite places um, – and anyone who's from Chicago knows about Bridgeport, knows about these pizza places. You're probably going to crucify me for this because every time I tell people that these are my favorite pizza places, they say, "What are you crazy? You, you, uh, you did you go to Obby's? Did you go to Phil's? Did you go to uh, Home Run in whatever?" Home Run is disgusting. Gross. I hate it. Um, but you got to go to number two on the list is Rickabenny's. Home, Rick home, home of the uh, of the uh, King Steak
0: king steak delicious great pizza if you want to go get a really good breaded steak sandwich that's where you go mm-hmm. anthony took me there on a date one time
1: i've I, taken you there multiple times
0: multiple times but he took me on a date there once and i'm here scarfing down a i steak told you you sandwich. gotta try
1: that you gotta try the steak you gotta get go to rick benny gotta try the steak and then Number one on my list is Freddy's. a little a little uh, corner place <laughs> on uh, 31st and Union uh, in Chicago called Fabulous Freddy's. Uh, some shady history with Freddy's, however, fantastic food. Good football pizza, pizza by the slice. You can get your full one, but the pizza by the slice is normally better. Um, get a good cheese or pepperoni pizza. So it's greasy like you can put your napkin on it and you can soak There's up the There's nothing
0: grease. more Chicago than pizza by the slice.
1: Oh yeah. It, well New York too does that but um, I was thinking about don't know, it we too. I We were at
0: Riot Fest and people were walking away with pizzas that like the size of their head.
1: I know. Literally like actual like personal size pizzas that they were walking away with. Um, But there's something special about, um, like, those little hole-in-the-wall, like, mom-and-pop places. That's why
0: I had to shout Grandstand. It's a mom-and-pop yeah, shop. Yeah.
1: Like, I mean, Lou Malnati's is good, but it's not, if you're from Chicago, it's not your favorite. It's not normally anywhere. The best favorite.
0: places to go are the hole-in-the-wall places. Yeah. Like, if you're a tourist, like, yeah, you're going to go to Giordano's. You're going to go to like, Lou Malnati's, But, mm-hmm. like... You want like an actual Vito, what is it,
1: Vito and Nick's is another one. If
0: you want an actual good like,
1: paisanos
0: slice of pizza. Go to one of the places we suggested. If you want a good hot dog. Go to you Jane gotta go Jutes. straight.
1: You gotta go straight up into like the surrounding neighborhoods of Chicago. Maybe not the safest, but again, if you can fight your way through and make it to some of these places, um, like Freddy's is really really good. Gina and and, and right, acro- right across right across from Freddy's is a very nice Mexican restaurant too that I go to pretty often. Um or used to when I used to live in the city.
0: Oh, really good tamales. Yeah,
1: Pancho's pistolas. Shout out to Pancho's.
0: I I mean, I think Anthony and I have talked about this a lot. The best lot of, f-
1: best food is one in of the short. things
0: like we regret about moving like there's very little we regret about moving to the suburbs because we like the space, we like the quiet, we like blah 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 but i miss the food mm-hmm. the city had like the food i like
1: out here in the burbs like we're still the food we sucks. still haven't found a good pizza place no
0: the food sucks out here we've
1: tried a couple and of them and it's
0: gotten to the point where Andley and i <laughs> i mean i've gone to Anthony and be like i miss the city i want to move back to the city i want to move closer to the city i miss
1: i miss the city too i miss the quiet like i love the quietness of the suburbs absolutely hate the people that live in this neighborhood they're just very selfish and rude um and 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 people in chicago are rude as well and like we'll break into your house but it's different
0: (laughs) it's different i if i could move back to the city i would but financially
1: financially if i could afford to live in the city I, i probably would as well um however living out here is maybe our best option we just have to deal with the people like we were we went to aldi the close by and the guy store. was rude for yeah. no reason so the anthony's
0: heck? trying to be a good outstanding good citizen samaritan and a lady was trying to give him a quarter for the cart because she want to go and get a cart and anthony's like no you could just have it the guy behind us said you're holding up the line and i'm like if it's... i had heard it i would have responded I'm like but I didn't. Oh, listen douche we're being nice to the old people who just want a cart. Freaking rude as hell. I'm like, at least in the Chicago, they'll come. Like at least in Chicago, they'll call me fat. And I'm like, get fucked. Yeah. <laughs>
1: like I don't go fuck. You get like crazy people in Chicago. Like definitely in those surrounding like neighborhoods. But you I get, like, the I miss heads. it. I miss it. Mm-hmm.
0: We were gonna we were gonna live in Chicago, and then like it got a little
1: pricey. It
0: got pricey and the schools aren't that great where we were looking and mm-hmm. we were, until, you,
1: until you get to high school and, and then and, we were talking yeah. about
0: like now we might not even really want kids and then like damn i should have moved to chicago when i had the chance <laughs>
1: yeah i don't know well uh it's nice to talk about like i there's stuff that like honestly i really hate i hate driving in the city and i hate Certain aspects of the I, city. But I bet I would be I better the at driving the city. At the,
0: in the city if I was like living there. I
1: probably wouldn't have a car if I was. In, I would probably just take public transportation. You would, but,
0: and then I would have a car because I work in the suburbs.
1: But I'm what I'm saying is like, I think I I get nostalgic for the city. Like the city sucks in a lot of different ways, a lot of different ways. But I think we get nostalgic and closing our tabs and going going back to our original points when i watch the bear and we have like all these chicago landmarks and you see you know like the malort sign in the background it's like my my chicago and my heritage comes out you know um or like just the way that they talk sometimes in the show it, it it gets it right um Whereas a lot of other things that take place in Chicago, like movies, TV, don't necessarily get it right all the time.
0: It's like we're a mean. We're, we're a not mean. mean. We're a, we're a rude bunch. We're not a mean bunch. We're just a rude bunch. You gotta you know, learn to, gotta to learn deal how, with you it. You gotta learn how to and talk it's a to people in the city. Kind of,
1: It's a different kind of rude than where we live right now in the suburbs, where someone's like you're holding up the line. Um because they don't expect you to say something back at them
0: no so in the city it's like a it's a banter you know yeah
1: there's a a banter to it like Like, any
0: kind of like anthony and i were out in the city we're just walking around and a guy was like said something to us we were
1: looking for somewhere to eat because for some reason that day in chicago like it was seven o'clock and everywhere to eat was closed
0: and some guy said something to us. And we both went like, "Fuck off!" Get I think I
1: did say, "Yeah."
0: We we both <laughs> swore at him because. For, for I've first, done that multiple times. Uh, first of all, people. you got to know me. I don't take crap from nobody. Anthony also don't take crap from nobody. I I would consider myself somewhat of a prickly lady. I'm not the warm and fuzzy type.
1: I don't. I'm nice to. People until they're not nice to me. I match energy. So, like, I probably told the story on the podcast before, too. But do you remember the old guy at the parking lot?
0: At the oh, mall? yes, we have talked about that. That guy, to this day, you live rent, rent free in my head. I know. Because... And I'm, he's probably
1: dead, Bree. He's probably dead. <laughs>
0: because I'm sure the panini got you, but my guy got mad at us for sitting in our car in the parking lot cuz he wanted our spot. We were trying now, to order our tickets bre- for a our, movie. Our back out lights were not on. No, my the car my was on. The brake lights were on. The car was on. We were sitting in park because and the only reason the car was on was because it was January and it was cold mm-hmm. and the heat needed to be on. I was like, "We did not indicate that we were backing up." And he was just like waiting there. He got so angry at us. And he knocked like,
1: he knocked on my window and, and so started yelling. me being nice. I'm like, hey, what do you what do you need? And he just started yelling at me. So my response was, Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I think I did say that. I was like
0: and then he told was like, me shut, to stop. I was like, "Shut talking. up
1: and get out of here!" Before I and call then the he told
0: me to stop talking, and I'm like, "You lucky I don't got a baseball bat in this car, and yeah, I'm gonna you kneecap an you." An o- you threw
1: an okay boomer at him, too. yeah.
0: And I was like, "You lucky I don't got a freaking baseball bat in this car, and I'm not gonna <laughs> kneecap you because I would." And I'm telling
1: you, it, it's because it's the suburbs, and it's like these people don't expect you to like. You never the, know. That's got to be the.
0: Uh, to, the where, where do I, I want to go with this? I point? was taught as a person who. <laughs> grew up close to the city you don't want to mess with anyone because you don't know how crazy they are exactly
1: that's exactly what i was gonna say you that's you never want to break into somebody's house because you don't know what you're gonna get when you get into the house
0: i was always taught just be nice to everybody because you don't know how crazy someone's gonna get but then people mess with me and i'm like i am they don't crazy. know how
1: crazy you are i'm
0: like i am crazy <laughs> i was like you don't know this But I'm absolutely the most crazy woman i have ever met. I tend to match energy.
1: So when that guy yells at me about moving my car, my immediate response is, shut up and get out of here, old man.
0: Yeah, like, (laughs) mind your business.
1: I think I said that multiple times. I was just like, you need to get out of here right now.
0: To close all the tabs. Yeah, go ahead. I think that's why this, the Child's Play series, (laughs) and Chucky and Tiffany, I relate to A lot. Not because I'm a serial murderer or anything. Mass murder. Mass murderer. (laughs) But because their attitude is that of. Like the attitude that Tiffany and Chucky have, it's a Chicago attitude.
1: I think they get Chucky's Chicago. Well, he's not from Chicago, but he lived in Chicago. He's from Hackensack. But
0: being in Chicago for so long. You adapt. You adapt to what it's like and i guess new jersey and chicago they could probably they're similar in ways
1: in ways sure attitude (laughs) attitude wise well that whole northeast like new york new jersey yeah
0: so it's like when the way like chucky just like flips off people for no reason i get it i get it but if you didn't know already this is the bride of chucky podcast to
1: close all of our tabs uh Uh, They said, what's the name of your act? And he said, the aristocrats. Go away. Anyway, let's get down to what we're really here to talk about, which is.
0: The Bride of Chucky.
1: The Bride of Chucky. And of
0: course, Anthony has all his background information because while I was at the gym, he watched the behind the scenes. I
1: did watch this. is the first time I've watched the behind the scenes of a movie. And I think it's because I'm so intrigued about how the movie came to be. And there really isn't a lot of information on how the movie came to be. So um, as I was watching it, so the movie is directed by um, Ronnie Yu, who... I don't know, Bree, maybe you are familiar a little bit with that name because later on in his directorial career, he goes on to direct Freddy versus Jason as well. So, directorial style and aesthetic is a little similar between those two movies because of Ronnie You. Um, but we have like a new visionary, new Ronnie You is, you know, uh, given a lot of freedom to make this movie. Um, Again, written by Don Mancini, who uh, – it's really, really, really interesting. Like, this franchise is interesting for a number of reasons. This is something that's really cool. I guess – and not cool, but uh, uh, fascinating. Uh, Child's Play 3 is, like, kind of an effective end to the franchise for a little while. Bride of Chucky is not made until seven years after <laughs> the release of Child's Play 3. And that's kind of a long turnaround for going from a part three to a part four, especially in modern times. Uh you know, Halloween did something like that with the return to Michael My- return of Michael Myers. Every franchise goes through like reboots and um Things like that that kind of reinvigorate the franchise, but Child's Play is the first to, or Bride of Chucky, I guess, is the first to take the Child's Play franchise and move it into a completely different direction than where it was heading in in the third movie. Um, so this is made in nineteen ninety eight, seven years after the release of the first movie or the third movie, but chronologically and canonically, Bride of Chucky only takes place one month after child's play three um so we have a a, our og chucky is back brad dourif is back we got og chucky visionary don mancini writing the script again uh new addition to the cast is jennifer tilly uh, playing the role of tiffany aka the bride of chucky uh what do you think brie jennifer
0: tilly was made for this role
1: she was made for this role, or
0: the role was made for jennifer tilly
1: um one or the other
0: like, but, I mean, she kills it. This is, like, probably my favorite, like, movie of this series.
1: Yeah, and I was thinking about it earlier, too. I'm like, man, Jennifer Tilly is so, so, so good with this stuff. And she's an Academy Award-nominated person um, a, a number of years before Bride of Chucky got nominated for an Academy Award. And... Uh, I I was trying to think of like what other stuff has Jennifer Tilly been in primarily like post Bride of Chucky because I was thinking, man, did Bride of Chucky like – did it kickstart like a new phase in her career or like – you know when we have like – uh an actor does something that's like really good and then they're pigeonholed into well there's like a renaissance of that actor for a little while and they're in like a lot of different things but jennifer tilly's career doesn't really skyrocket the way i think it that it should have Uh, not that she doesn't have like a great like collection of work
0: you you uh, when you do horror sometimes it kills your career outside of horror
1: Well, uh, that's what they feared for Jamie Lee when casting for... Like, Janet Lee in Psycho got typecast a lot because of that stuff. And she was worried about Jamie Lee getting typecast. And she did for a little while until Jamie Lee, like, broke away from horror into comedy.
0: Um, I don't know. I like horror. I would like to be just a horror actress.
1: Yeah, but, like, Jennifer Tilly, like, not that she doesn't have a great collection of work, but... Her career doesn't, like, skyrocket her to superstardom the way that I felt it should have. Like, she should have been a a big name coming out of Bride of Chucky because of how good her performance is in this movie. Um, I don't know. That might be a hot take for some people, but I appreciated Jennifer Tilly in this. And you can tell how, like... How much she likes the role too, especially now because she's back for the TV show, you can tell how much like the role means to her. Um, so Jennifer Tilly, really, really great in this movie. Brad Dourif is back. Um, who else? Catherine Heigel is in this movie. Uh, John Ritter is in the movie. I
0: forgot Catherine Heigel was in this
1: movie. Yeah, early Catherine Heigel. Catherine Heigel in uh, 2022 wouldn't be caught dead n- anywhere near a Chucky doll. But
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, in 1998, a different story. So the conception of this movie, let's talk about that for a second here. Because I think it goes back to Scream. The more research I've done about like the production history of this movie, I think it all goes back to Scream. Because in 1998, we're living in a post-Scream society. And I think we have to take a minute and talk a little bit about Scream itself. Not that we won't maybe review Scream later on in the franchise later on, but uh, Scream does a, a it, it changes the game for for a while in horror because everything pre Scream is using the same techniques, using the same. Um, horror based strategies of trying to fool your audience or we're following formula or we're taking our horror icons and making them comedic and making them goofy, blah, blah, blah. But then scream comes out in 96 and lays the cards out on the table and says, this is exactly how horror movies operate. It's there's a meta-ness to scream, um, like a classic self-referential, ...ness of scream, where we let the audience in on what's going on. It's the first movie to say, "Listen, we're in a horror movie right now, and this is these are all the rules. This is all the tricks that are at play. We're throwing our cards out out on the table, and we're letting the audience in on this stuff. So when that happens, it reinvigorates the horror scene in the late '90s." and there are so many movies that end up being almost copies of scream um like Halloween H2O while it isn't self-referential and like isn't camp it uh it's very similar in tone to scream right like even uh, Bride is is very 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 similar to scream there's a pre-scream world where audience might be tricked by the, by everything that uh, the director uses at their display for Halloween. Like, if I watch Halloween for the first time pre-Scream, like, ah, it's going to get me, right? But now that Scream lets us in on, on the magic of it all, there's a post-Scream world. So Bride takes a lot from Scream. And I think Don Mancini... It said it at one point or I read something where he was like if it wasn't for Scream Bride probably wouldn't be made the way it was Uh, because a lot of these uh, people that were making horror movies after Scream they take a step back and they say okay how can we how can we make a horror movie in a post-Scream society we can either um, lean into self-referential a little bit more like Scream did or we can double down on Darkness. And some movies choose one path, and some movies choose a different path. Like, if you look at um, Halloween 2007, like Z- Zombies Halloween, some of the most absolutely gross and depressing movies that I've ever seen in my life, right? Like, definitely didn't understand Halloween, but doubled down on, like... What's scary is all the grossness and all of the, like, in-your-face, like, crazy realism of, you know, having a psychopath chase after you. But then you have a movie like Bride of Chucky where it's like we took all of the lessons that Scream taught us and we applied it here and we reinvigorate our franchise itself to be more meta and to be, like, a black comedy and to be... um. A little less scary, but a little more entertaining. You know what I mean. So, what are your thoughts?
0: This is one of my favorite movies of all time. I think it. I'm like I'm jumping the gun here. Of like it goes on my like list. Oh sure, yeah, go because I think it's the perfect storm of yes, we are letting the audience in, and then it's funny. But we also have like those like moments where we do get like a jump scare, and we do get like that. I mean, Chucky's gonna scare people no matter what.
1: Just the look of just, Chucky just in the this look. movie, coming off of Child's Play three.
0: I mean, there are moments where you go and you're like, you're still and it's like, you're still watching a horror movie.
1: I I definitely think it was less scary and more entertaining. Like it, you took away some of the horror elements but you replaced it with a movie that is really fun and just enjoyable to watch like i would re-watch this movie again and again i mean i watch it
0: again tonight let's let's do it <laughs> i mean i there's something really special about and i told anthony about this yesterday there's something really special about jennifer tilly opposed to
1: anybody else
0: well brad durf i think she she you- they, they work off each other they
1: I mean they complement each other so well like in they this work movie. together
0: so well they are funny together mm-hmm. like it really worked
1: and I think we can break it down a little bit more later when we talk beep by beep but we were Bree and I were talking in as we were watching the movie that it's like the I think the reason why this movie works so well is because there is such a clear chemistry between. Dorif and Tilly, that their dialogue just comes off as very natural. And there, there's some weird dialogue in this movie, sure. You got that classic, like, weird Don Mancini dialogue. But there's something cool about, like, Don Mancini's ability to just take a concept like this and, sh- like, what do I want? I didn't want, I was going to say shift it on its head, but, like, flip it over. And, like, make something new out of it. Because it's so easy. Like we've been saying, it's so easy to make the same movie over and over and over again. But it's like now it's seven years later and horror has changed. It's not where we left it. Now we need to adapt to where it is now. And to do that, we need to flip this thing over and almost start from scratch. But still keep our continuity.
0: And another great part of this movie is we get, like not like we get more of like who like chucky is like he's fleshed out a little bit more like we get more personality we get more of his background we get him interacting with another person that he likes i guess because we're so used to he's like going and trying to kill people and trying to take a soul like put a soul in a body and this one it's more about like I, he's still trying to get his soul into a body. You still have
1: that like n- tunnel vision. Yeah. Of like, doing this is that. what I
0: want to do. But now we have like his girlfriend and him, him doing
1: like having more on his plate, essentially. Because, sorry, I burped. Um, I, I think I told you when we watched the movie what's different about this. Compared to Child's Play one through three, is that Chucky's almost like this background force that's in these first three Child's where Play movies. Where this one, he is the star. Yes, Chucky and Tiffany are the stars of this movie. We get more Chucky. We get more Chucky dialogue. We get more Chucky character. We get more Chucky personality because it's his perspective that we're following. And then this is his. This movie. is
0: where we get Chucky, the like the iconic. Character Chucky, yes, I think where like a lot of people
1: base Chucky off of.
0: I think this is the movie where we actually get Chucky, the character, and not just Chucky, the scary one from like and the first three movies.
1: As I was watching the behind the scenes of Don Mancini talking about like how he kind of came up with the idea, he was saying, When we would, he's like, When we would uh show Child's Play one, two, or three to audiences. People would be scared, but then it was like whenever Chucky said something, everybody would bust out laughing. He's like, so he really tried to capitalize on that when shifting the tone to being more parody or satire, campy, self referential. It's like, Chucky isn't Freddy Krueger. Chucky isn't going to be the character that's going to have one liner after one liner after one liner. But he's just going to be an absolute jerk to everybody.
0: And I and I will take in later in the movie. There's a point where Chucky's crawling on the ground. And he flips somebody off. Yeah, and it's so funny. And I, I I'll quote the the guy goes fucking rude doll (laughs) it's like it's so funny like it's such a funny moment
1: this is and we've been talking about how like the child's Play series that's on right now does a really good job of towing that line between serious and camp and i think this one does such a good job of that too because there's not one moment in this movie that i'm not that i'm sitting there thinking the stakes aren't high you know, there's not one moment in this movie where I'm thinking, this is all a load of bullshit. Like, why are we even doing this? I question, sure. But uh, it's it was like, it's, it's a, such an even balance of, we are going to be self-referential and campy. But we're also going to still kind of take ourselves seriously here.
0: And, I mean... We, well, we're going to get into the movie. There's a lot that I want to talk about. Yeah.
1: So let's. So uh, uh, let me let me look over here at my notes. Um, yeah, I had some I had some questions, but we can get into it as we go through. Oh, I wanted to have a discussion with you um, because we keep using this word when talking about Bride of Chucky that we haven't used for like any other movie that we've re- we've reviewed yet. And we keep calling this movie campy. And like whenever Brie and I talk to one another, we say like it's got the right amount of camp. But I don't know if we've ever, like do we know what that means? Do we have a definition for it? How would you define camp?
0: How how would I describe camp? It's like, it's an art style. And it's theatrical. Mm-hmm. And it's usually is vulgar like and humorous and
1: humorous
0: it's deliberately fake and artificial and vulgar and just over the top and it's play you play it up Mm -hmm. like you play everything up and that's camp and it's usually
1: drag is camp and it's
0: and it's usually it's usually tied to the LGBTQ community.
1: Nor, yes, in, in traditional ways tied to the LGBT community. Like, drag is, is camp. It's very outrageous. Very, like... Drag performers aren't supposed to look like, you know, a traditional woman looks. They're supposed to be overly exaggerated and ridiculous and outrageous. That That's part of the campiness of drag, is that... It's something that it looks bad but acknowledges that it looks bad and like embraces the badness.
0: whereas like bride of Chucky like Tiffany and like the way she dresses and like the w- how vulgar like Chucky and Tiffany are like the whole thing is like very campy We're
1: acknowledging that this is a cr- ridiculous idea like what we're watching right now is weird It's ludicrous yes. And I think where camp plays into, because I, I was looking up like the traditional um, definition of camp, and uh, Google would have w- would tell me camp is an aesthetic style uh, and sensibility that regards something as appealing because of its bad taste and ironic value. So I think camp can only function when it acknowledges that it's camp, right? Like, like camp Rocky can't be Horror camp.
0: Picture show
1: is camp camp. yes because it doesn't make any effort to say we are being serious right now and we're taking ourselves seriously
0: and that's where when the um met gala did a camp theme Mm -hmm. one year and then people like butchered it terribly because they didn't understand because they didn't understand what camp is it's like you're supposed to dress like if i was doing a met Gala look and it was camp i would do a, a dress that was entirely googly eyes
1: that's camp
0: that's camp as hell mm-hmm. like it's it's ugly it's like it's over the top
1: but, but you're playing it up you know and there's nowhere in that that you're trying to say
0: this is fashion this
1: is fashionable and this is serious and everybody should take me seriously like it's we're supposed playing to look on- bad yeah we're like playing like off of the katie perry
0: did like a burger dress <laughs> yeah. like it's like ugly a, but- a
1: lady gaga's meat dress That's camp. That's camp, right?
0: It was gross. It's gross, but it's camp. It was real mean. Um,
1: I'm thinking of like the 60s Batman show where that, not necessarily tied to the LGBT community, but camp nonetheless because it's not trying to be good and it's not trying to say, hey, we are good. I think where camp fails is when movies try to be camp, but they never acknowledge that they are camp are they never they're bad but they try to be good rob zombies halloween not camp because it doubled down on uh the grossness and realism of being stalked by a psychopath right like that is complete opposite of camp um but then you just have like so is there a difference between a bad movie and camp no
0: well yeah there's like
1: our bad movies camp
0: not all bad movies are camp
1: camp can be bad but camp is but then it wouldn't camp, be camp
0: camp is being bad on purpose which makes it good
1: yes it's irony it's yeah. the ironicness of it and it's like movies that are bad aren't camp because they're not trying to acknowledge their badness like John Carter from Mars i even though i've never seen it well i guess that's a bad example then because i've never seen it but i'm trying to think of like a really bad movie that we Uh, Batman versus Superman is not camp because it never tries to acknowledge that it's bad. It's just bad. I like it, but it's bad. Um, (laughs) She just groaned at that. Um, But like Batman versus Superman is so serious and it's it's bad because it tries to be serious.
0: There's a very, very like (sighs) part of being camp is queer. Yes. And I don't think you can. Again, why it works
1: for the Child's Play franchise.
0: Some And it's very hard for something to be camp and not queer.
1: Can Halloween be camp? No. No. I think it's too serious of a, of a franchise, even though we try our hardest to be camp in Resurrection. Charac- our
0: main character is not goofy enough.
1: But Jason, I would say Friday the 13th Part 6 is camp. Right? No. no? You don't think so? That's just a flat-out good
0: movie. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony just likes it. I just
1: love that movie. But, but it that's another movie where they shifted the tone I feel like to be more o- self-referential. I feel like the
0: only horror character that is camp is Chucky.
1: Yeah? You don't think Freddy is camp? No. You know, it, Freddy, they Freddy try, has dabbled with they the try to,
0: They try too hard.
1: Yeah. Maybe they did try too hard with Freddy. Because I don't... But the later Freddy movies, like Freddy's Dead or something, that is a bad movie. But does it try to be good? Is the thing, or does it is it okay in its badness, or does it embrace its badness? I don't know. I don't know. It uh, has to be the,
0: something we explore later in time. The
1: bottom line is that Child's or uh, I guess Child's Play Four, Bride of Chucky, is camp because acknowledges the goofiness of the franchise to a point where chucky's like yeah this is all a long story and probably would take like three or four sequels to do it justice
0: <laughs> and that's like everyone's laughing because we You're are making in on a it. joke we're, about yourself we're in on it you know what mm-hmm. i mean like so let's get started
1: yeah let's let's do um it.
0: we open with a random police officer He is going into an evidence locker, grabbing a bag. Again,
1: camp, the evidence locker, right? (laughs) Has all of the, like...
0: Yes, uh, there are references to all... Like, There's, like, a uh, Michael Myers mask. There's, like, a...
1: There's a hockey mask for Jason. Yeah, hockey mask. Freddie's glove is in there. There's a chainsaw.
0: Yeah, so it's, like, it's a call-out to, like, all other horror movies. Which, this movie in
1: general is just one big... Homage to horror as a genre. Well, I you think have like, so much when in there. you
0: are horror fans or like love the horror genre. It's like horror is special, mm-hmm. especially we talked about this. This brand of horror, like your your Michael Myers, your Jason Voorhees, Icons. your your like Freddy Krueger, your Chucky. It's like they don't make movies like this anymore.
1: We were talking about that. When's the last time we had a horror movie icon to which I said, I don't know, maybe the Boba Duke? But like, no one knows the Boba Duke. Yeah. Um, be- well, and that's because of the state of horror, and I think we might have already talked about this, but the state of horror changes post Scream to a little bit of self referential. You get a little bit more of these iconic characters, but then they kind of kill themselves off a little bit. Resurrection. Halloween Resurrection effectively kills the franchise itself. Um, Seed of Chucky kills the franchise itself later on. Um, Nightmare on Elm Street goes through a remake where it doesn't... It, it tries to be the opposite of camp and it's it takes itself way too seriously. And I
0: think... I just wish there was something... I, this is a weird wish to have. It's like... Of course, I want to share these, like, classics with my child, but i love it if there was something new.
1: Like a new horror movie icon. icon. I, and then we... What it was another one that, that I pitched to you was, like, The Nun, but The Nun, I would not say is an icon. No. And, and that's because, like, in the mid-2000s to the, like, mid-2010s, that's when we get the state of horror that shifts from parody self-referential satire and campy to we're doubling down on
0: paranormal
1: paranormal or we're doubling down on the opposite of camp and going darker and darker and darker home invasion stuff hostile saw things like that like jigsaw i think would be an icon the puppet at least not the guy
0: oh yeah i love the saw movies i'm a I bit
1: i think it's i i don't like it i'm but... a big
0: saw fan anthony's not a big saw fan but i'm a big saw fan uh, i could watch all the saw movies <laughs> maybe
1: one day Bri, maybe one day no i don't you're... know if i can my like stomach can take it
0: <laughs> usually i can't take the gore but there's just something there's special some
1: stuff like i i it,
0: it's a lot of those like
1: early to mid 2010s stuff where it's like you have eli roth coming in and doing Hostel and just goring it up and being really brutal and gross you have like all the paranormal stuff coming in which is groundbreaking for horror but also boring
0: i like um my favorite john other like new they don't do a lot of this genre of horror anymore found footage I love found footage. Because they beat found footage to death.
1: They started making every movie found footage when every movie didn't need to be found footage.
0: Ah, Blair Witch Project. Beautiful.
1: But that... I mean, that's a whole other story of changing the game in horror, too. Less self-referential and more we're going to play with audiences' expectations of this stuff. Okay.
0: Let's really get into it. We're getting off on a tangent. Anyway, we get the evidence locker. This guy... um, the police officer, he takes the bag and, oh, and, and he calls like Tiffany. We don't know we, it's we, Tiffany. Well, we don't know it's Tiffany, but it's like, it's Jennifer Tilly's voice on the on the line and promising him like money. money and to meet her. And she's like, but just remember, curiosity killed the cat.
1: Can we mention that? Are we free to mention where we are right now?
0: Um, it's a crazy thing. Yeah. Um, so it's Lockport police like
1: to which I know that the previous couple of child's play movies takes place in Chicago Lockport is a suburb, suburb. of Chicago Very
0: far like western suburb
1: Yeah and very close to where we
0: currently And we got live. really excited we geeked yeah. out for a second Um so the police officer arrives there and he's sitting in his police car, waiting for whoever he's meeting up with, and he makes the stupid freaking decision to look in the bag. Because what did she say?
1: Don't look in the bag.
0: Don't look in the bag. Curiosity kills cat. He looks in the bag. She slits his throat. Um, Takes his lighter. Takes his lighter, which is key for Later. The, the Chekhov's yeah. gun.
1: Chekhov's lighter.
0: Check off the lighter, and then we get the coolest opening ever. Where (laughs) punk rock? I said this movie is punk rock. This movie? I wouldn't
1: say Rob Zombie is punk rock. I would say Rob Zombie's like grungy, grunge. Not well, not grunge, but grungy metal. Um,
0: There's like a there's like an edge. There's such a
1: weird because you just go and then you
0: have Jennifer (laughs) Tilly like walking away like
1: there's a different vibe and bag. energy to this movie as compared to the other bride of or other chucky movies where it's like this is the child's play for the night for the late 90s rob zombie <laughs> um <laughs> but it's cool like if i'm watching this movie i'm and i've come off of the first three child's play movies and i'm a big fan i watch this and i'm like whoa this is a much different vibe. This is going to be like raw. This is going to be uh, the horror movie for people that go to the Corn concert or the <laughs> the disturbed concert. You know, like this is hard
0: stuff. Corn's canceled, Anthony. What are you talking?
1: Corn is canceled. Yeah. The band Corn. The
0: por- the band Corn. Why canceled? are they canceled? Because they don't like. Um, they're mean to the ASL interpreters that oh, work with them I didn't know at that. concerts. Get better corn, Jesus. I
1: I, I didn't Think know that about corn. Think you're too good for
0: a, an ASL um, interpreter. Get over yourself. Anyway, accessibility is punk, so you need to get along with the with the with the times.
1: Corn is punk though.
0: Corn is metal.
1: Uh, hair, not hair metal. Um, God, what would we even define? Like, I don't know what Rob Zombie's brand of music is defined as. It's rockabilly, I guess, is the thing. But, like, what is rockabilly,
0: (laughs) you know? Hillbilly Rock?
1: Hillbilly Rock. Like, I don't want to be... I don't want to say something that I'll regret, so... But,
0: like, here's something I, I struggle with with rockabilly and stuff like that. Rock, metal, punk are inherently liberal genres of music so when you get a rockabilly z- a
1: z- zombie is pretty liberal though but when
0: you get like a rockabilly kind of genre and
1: Indu- we would say industrial metal
0: industrial metal. that's
1: that is the official name where it uses uh employ heavy as a fusion of heavy metal and industrial music typically employing repeat repeating metal guitar riffs sampling synthesizer or sequencer lines and distorted vocals Prominent industrial metal uh, includes Nine Inch Nails, Marilyn Manson, Ramston. Canceled. Yeah, well, they wanted Marilyn Manson for this movie, couldn't get him, so good. We settled on Alexis Arquette. <laughs> um,
0: Alexis was, she was fabulous.
1: Oh yeah, phenomenal.
0: She's fabulous for, for the role that she's fabulous. She, was in, she What other movie was she in?
1: With the Wedding Singer.
0: Yeah. she's fabulous. Yeah. she plays. The best character Alexis
1: Arquette might be our... Um, uh, like, across uh, different series that we've done, might be our most frequent uh, person that's in the movie. Our most frequent collaborator. I, uh, Brad Dourif is a very close... Like, across every single series that we've done for the review podcast, Alexis Arquette has been in two series Brad Dourif has been in Halloween and the Chucky movie so he's up there as like a frequent collaborator of the re- review podcast
0: but we love Alexis Arquette yeah because she's fabulous and pre-transition she did a lot of like like horror and mm-hmm. indie movies so like we appreciate her um but anyway then uh, we get uh, this like, is just a different vibe for yeah. a Chucky
1: movie it's not like a child like you yeah. know like how child's play 2 was like very the music was very like jack-in-a-box type yeah. like this is not much different
0: because we're not dealing with children in this one um there, then we get like an arts and crafts like she's putting chuck like Chucky back Living together
1: dead girl.
0: and i said how lucky is charles lee ray that tiffany like has a bunch of dolls Mm -hmm. like so many parts that she can just pull from
1: which is another homage to horror and the whole like bride of frankenstein concept is literally frankensteining chucky back together
0: which yeah you get the staples Mm -hmm. you get like he was sewed back together he was stapled back together like he is this is where we get the iconic chucky frankenstein
1: chucky yeah and I know that they don't use it so much anymore. Um, in in like the new movies in this se- in the TV series, which I'm okay with, because I think it was good for the time. Um, but I understand why they had to change Chucky's look so much because it gets boring after a while. Where it's like, how do we make Chucky for the late '90s? How do we get Chucky to be within the aesthetic of uh, Rob Zombie industrial metal? That we want. Well, you got to make him look like absolutely freaking terrifying.
0: <laughs> and that's like the like one, that's like Chucky that you remember. But I mean, a Chucky,
1: I always yeah think of. And then
0: we get like a cutaway to our secondary like line of like our secondary story with our
1: main human character. Or with our main
0: human character. So we have um, Jade, and she is the niece of chief chief Kincaid and he is like this mega asshole prick cop as Mm -hmm. most cops are mega pricks um
1: aside from the ones that are my friends
0: uh (laughs) up for debate um and she is seeing a guy named Jesse but her uncle won't let her see him so she has her friend David try and take her to a dance David is obviously not into women um, and I don't think Chief Kincaid is stupid. He might be horrible and a monster, but, you know, he's not stupid. They get away. Jesse's hiding in the back seat, and they get pulled over by a cop that works for her uncle, which they call Needlenose.
1: Okay, this cop is talking about... Uh, he says a couple of different things that I guess have to be... So, you know, like, when... Movies will often have cops say, like, one liners, like, hey, get get off the road, uh, uh, speed racer, you know, things like that, where it's like you call somebody by a pop culture reference. They do that a couple times in this one scene where the cop calls, uh, uh what's the dude, Jesse. Jesse, he calls him Boogie Nights. And I was like, "When did Boogie Nights come out?" And I just was like, it just big at the time. I just like it. Why is he Boogie Nights?
0: We're watching this, and like all three teenagers are dressed to go to a dance, and they're standing out in the rain, and her makeup's getting ruined, her hair is getting ruined, and I thought, "What a monster her uncle must be," that like
1: there's no explanation. There's, an, what, there, there's than, no heartfelt like, than, hey, I just want you to be safe, and this is why I'm being." mean well he just it. doesn't want just a dick. no
0: he doesn't want her to end up with a t- guy who lives in a trailer park but i feel like and if, i think that's very classist and like as a person who's like have had friends who grew up in a trailer park like some trailers are nicer than people's houses like there's nothing wrong with living in a trailer park mm-hmm. like there's absolutely nothing wrong with it and but i think i, I was thinking so about like, it's so disgustingly classist.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. But, and I guess it's like, how do we establish this police chief as being, like, so horrible that we're going make to, like, him cla- root for this guy like, to die? M- make
0: him classist. Yeah. Make him, like, horribly sexist.
1: And I think he's one... Cause
0: there's overbearing.
1: There's sometimes in horror where it's like, man, I really feel sad when this character dies because I connected with them so much. But then there's other characters that it's like... Wow, this person's such like so irredeemable that it's going to be nice to see this person go. And he's one of those characters because initially I was thinking, well they don't give him any kind of line or any scene that's like makes him soft in any way where it's like a, a conversation between him and Jade like, "Hey, I just want you to be safe and like uh y- you know, going into this like background no, they have history." A thing
0: where he's like, "You're my problem until you turn 18, so you're yep. not going to get knocked up by some trailer park trash or so, anything like that."
1: There, they could have went one way where it's like, okay, we see the soft spot, and we now understand why he's being so hard on Jade. And then it's a little sad being... when he dies. But they double down on him being a dick, and now it's like we root for him to die.
0: <laughs> and then we go back to Tiffany in the in her trailer with a Voodoo for Dummies book,
1: which comes up. Much, it comes up later in the series too. Voodoo and... for Dummies.
0: She's doing the Awe due dambala, give me the power I beg of you, but then it ends with awake, and then she gets mad and starts hitting him awake, 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 and he's not like awaking, but he is pretending not to be awake because, because... Da-
1: Damien comes in and they are like like she's he wants to have sex, yeah, and she is. Noticing that Chucky is no longer in the pentagram. That... So
0: she is like, will you go look underneath this place for my lipstick? And then she gets upset because Chucky's not underneath there. And so she sits down and then all of a sudden Chucky's, like, beside her. And it kind of spooks them a little bit. But, like, it's obvious, like, Tiffany does not like this Damien fellow. Well, and,
1: and Damien... Makes some references here, which I was trying to gather because I don't know if like this is something that Don Mancini was trying to get across here, or if this was something that was planned, or what the deal with this was, or if this was just overlooked. But um, he's like this. uh, uh, Oh, this Chucky. I know Chucky. This is the doll from those murders from the '80s. Um, So, giving us the notion that yeah, this is a pretty well known case right with the good guy doll coming to life you know following Andy around and everything this is a pretty well-known case which kind of corroborates my um, my notion from last episode of how does he keep getting away with it when so many people are surviving this and are like living to tell the story of the living doll so now we what, get that what we like... get here is Yes, it is a nationwide story. Everybody knows about Chucky.
0: And he says some, like, rude shit about Chucky. And I said, don't be an asshole to Chucky. Like, and calls him ugly and stuff like that. And so um, Tiffany's like, let's have fun. She, like, handcuffs him to the bed and says, we're going to have a menage a trois. And, uh... So she puts Chucky, the doll Chucky on his chest and she says, you know, like when Chucky was alive, she's like, he was really jealous. And it's like a guy just looked at me and Chucky would take care of him. And then did we
1: establish who Tiffany is. Did we talk about that? Well, like, we, her relationship. To she Chucky? is
0: Charles Lee Ray's girlfriend when he was alive.
1: Yes. Yeah. Um, who it, never... t- Tiffany is, uh. Age is ambiguous, because I don't know how old Charles Lee Ray was when he died. Seemed like he was maybe in his like late thirties. tiffin like, well, Jennifer Tilly, guess how old she is when she films this movie?
0: I don't know, but I know she's sixty-four now.
1: Yeah, she's like forty when she filmed that. That was my reaction. Brie just did like a double take, and
0: God, she's hot. That's what <laughs> I was.
1: the I was like, she looks amazing for her it it always
0: bothered me how jesse was kind of like illed out by tiffany when i'm like jennifer Tilly's like hot like i don't know like are we seeing the same thing Mm -hmm. like any teenage boy should be just like over the moon excited that this woman's giving him attention but i was
1: like i was thinking about it i didn't even know i thought jennifer tilly was in her 40s like now (laughs) <laughs> like no. seeing her in the Chucky no. show. She,
0: she looks amazing. Yeah,
1: that's crazy. This right? woman.
0: I I don't know what she what like her ethnicity is. I have no idea. Or I know she's Canadian. She
1: is Canadian. I don't know if she's. She's also a professional poker player. Oh, she's, she's fa- fairly good at it. I too. wonder.
0: I'm going to look this up. But let's talk about like how then when he says something about Chucky um chucky's head turns around and like looks him in the eye
1: yeah there are tons of references to horror movies in this um like it's just one big homage to a history of horror like the head turn is an homage to exorcist you get a kill later on that's an homage to pinhead from hellraiser um there's references of like uh um like uh, uh, Tiffany's watching Bride of Frankenstein in the bathtub later on um there's so many there's so many things in here what you can say Uh,
0: it's Jennifer Tilly's father was Chinese and her mother was Irish and Finnish oh
1: interesting combination of nationalities I
0: think Jennifer Tilly just looks really good for her age
1: yeah for sure um so uh chucky turns his head and suffocates well first rips out his nose, lip, lip ring lip
0: nose ring combo rips yeah out. which is gross and if he bleeds everywhere and then he sits on him while he dies very slowly of suffocation well
1: while he's dying chucky takes the opportunity to have a conversation with tiffany
0: and <laughs> like, tell her, like hey like, how you doing he's like you look good <laughs> yeah um
1: i love that chucky's not even surprised like tiffany what are you doing here she's just like if there was doing?
0: anyone who was going to bring him back to life, it would be his lover from 10 years ago.
1: Yeah. And it's like, this is immediately where we see a different Chucky than we've seen in the past, where it's like, now you've brought in somebody from Chucky's history that isn't like Eddie Caputo, that gets killed You know, No, you have a
0: love interest. Yeah. You get to see, it's like an intimate side of Charles Lee Ray. That and we I think to see. that's what's
1: cool about this movie, too, is... I told you I'm like there's just like Dan Mancini writes the crap out of these movies like packs in so much stuff in all of these movies where just like the previous child's play movies there is so much going on in this movie this is like three different movies packed into one but it works this is a slasher movie. This is a romance movie. This is a road trip movie. <laughs> like there, there's like multiple different themes and tones going on in this movie, but somehow he makes it work.
0: Um, I I like this scene because you get like they the reu- they're reunited, and she's talking about oh you know like. I remember, like, when I found the ring. I've been searching for you since the- I found the ring. He's like, "What ring?" It's like the one that was on the mantle. Oh, this person's ring. And she's like, "So you weren't going to propose?" And he like, busts out laughing, like she's crazy. It's like, He's like it's- "No,
1: I stole it off this woman. It costs like-, like six grand."
0: <laughs> and at that point, you see like, Tiffany's pissed. Because she was searching for him for 10 years because she thought he wanted to marry her because that's the love of her life. And I said, I wrote, oh, boy, did Chucky make a mistake? And she locks him in like a playpen playpen with like toys. Mm -hmm. And he gets mad. I wrote, don't fuck with the Chuck.
1: Yeah, but he he gets mad. He goes, oh, you are so dead. But then we see Chucky like... It's these moments that are in the movie of, like, Chucky playing with the speak and spell. And he writes bitch in the
0: speak and, he's and like spell. The spell woman. And he writes yeah. bitch. <laughs> and, like, Jennifer Tilly's character Tiffany goes out and she has... Damien's body in a a suitcase. Oh, hang
1: on, hang on. I want to mention something real quick that I wrote down. I forgot to mention it earlier when we were talking about the police saying weird things to people, like pop culture references. And I brought this up to you when we watched it. I said, I don't know what the hell this means. And maybe you can elaborate for me. Or maybe somebody that's listening knows what this means. The cop, uh, I think it's it's the uncle that tells Jesse when they're outside in the rain, if they get pulled over on prom night... um, he, I wrote down the quote. He says, "the bl- the blood test makes you look like Christian Slater on New Year's Eve," which I, in twenty twenty two, have no idea what that means. <laughs> <laughs> so it aged poorly. Uh, this is why, like, putting um, jokes in a movie that are based in the time period that you're making the movie, and is everyone else is like, what? "Not a good idea." Because now I'm watching this in 2022 and I'm like, yeah, I know who Christian Slater is, but I don't know what he has to do with New Year's Eve and why his blood test would matter. Is Christian Slater drunk on New Year's Eve once and it was like a big story? I don't know. But I just wanted to bring that up because it's just weird. And I hate when movies put in uh, pop culture references from the time period that it's the immediate time period that it's made because it never ages well. But one of one of the very few gripes uh, about this movie. Very, very nitpicky gripe about this movie. So where were we, Bree?
0: We're right at... She has Damien's body in a trunk. Oh, and... oh,
1: I'm sorry to keep interrupting Oh you. my God. I'm just looking at my notes and I keep forgetting bitch, to bring up stuff. Bitch. I know, I, I apologize.
0: We got shit to do today, bitch. I know, I know.
1: I uh wrote down that... Every time Chucky and Tiffany have an interaction, they play this, like, couple of notes of a, of a bass line. Where it's like, bow, 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 bow. And it's this, as we were talking about, like, how this movie takes from Scream, it's almost the exact same bass line that um, plays whenever Dewey and Gail interact in Scream 1 and 2. Yeah. Which is also taken from a different movie, um, which I think S- Christian Slater stars. Weird, 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 weird stuff. Hang on. I got to find out the name of this movie. Bree, talk to the audience real quick.
0: Okay. So she has the trunk and Damien's body's in the trunk and she gets it outside her trailer and she sees Jesse he's like cleaning out his car and she says, hey, sweet face. And like, asks him to help her with the trunk. And he's like, sure, not knowing that there's a whole body in this trunk. And um, he's as he's getting the trunk into the car, um, the Chucky in the little playpen goes, Tiffany, can you get your ass back in here or something of that nature. And he's like, oh, you have a guest over? And she's like, oh, no, just sitting, foul mouth little fucker.
1: I found, I found, and I I thought that was
0: like hilarious.
1: I found what I was looking for when we were talking about the music. So this movie steals a uh, somewhat of a baseline from Scream and Scream Two, which steals that baseline from a movie that Marco Beltrami, the composer for Scream, used for a movie he composed in the past called Broken Arrow, starring John Travolta, not Christian Slater. I thought it was Christian Slater. Anyway, continue.
0: And, um, I, I immediately think we talked about this. It's like, we love Chucky and Tiffany because although it's a very unhealthy relationship, these, these are two people who are meant to be together. They're we're, crazy. We're, I was, while they I was com- looking the, at that, they what compliment were we crazy? about? The, the, the trunk. Oh, the trunk. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, they're,
1: this, they're a Joker and Harley yes, couple. We talked about that and. It's very, it's very very similar to the relationship that Joker and Harley have, where it's like, what I mentioned to you was, similarly to Chucky and Tiffany, Joker, if Joker had to choose between his goal and Harley Quinn, he would choose his goal.
0: Whereas Harley Quinn
1: will always choose Joker. And that's the same dynamic that Chucky and Tiffany have, as evidenced by later in the movie.
0: And... Chucky just wants to get even when Tiffany comes back, she comes back and is like, I, I've been thinking about you wanting to get married. And she's like, and then she unwraps a gift of a br- doll, bride doll and puts it in there. And she laughs hysterically, throws shit at him, throws rice and the ring <laughs> at him. And she's like laughing.
1: But, and, and this is, like, something that the movie, the, why it's camp and it's, like, making fun of itself partially is because when you watch Child's Play 1, 2, and 3, it's, like, why doesn't anybody just, like, kick Chucky? Or why doesn't anybody just, like, because he's so tiny. Yeah. He's so small. Why doesn't anybody just lock him in somewhere and like
0: she's or like, treat him
1: like a child? And <laughs> she,
0: she does that. And she's, she's taking a bath. And she's watching like Bride of Frankenstein and Chucky gets out of this playpen because the ring he uses to like scrape at the the pen door and he comes at her with a knife and she goes, ah, and she kicks him and he flies across the room and then he then takes the TV and he throws into the bathtub, electrocuting her to death. And he decides
1: before she dies, before
0: she dies, he's going to transfer her soul into the bride doll.
1: Well, and then you you mentioned this earlier, where it was, you said you could tell he does have affection he, like he, he loves
0: Tiffany because if he really was hated her and he really didn't want her to be alive, he wouldn't have transferred her soul into the doll. Yes, he just wanted to get even because mm-hmm. that's like kind of their relationship dynamic.
1: Yes, get even with one another. Get even
0: with one another. And, like, what a perfect way to get even with Tiffany than to make her a doll.
1: I think some of the coolest parts of this movie are, like, those those quiet moments of Chucky and Tiffany just, like, talking to one another. Those are some of the best scenes in this movie. Or, like, there's a scene later when they're in the car and they're waiting for uh, Jade and Jesse and they just start talking about, like their past and like laughing with one another and it's it's like these quiet moments where these characters get an opportunity to shine to build the chemistry to build the relationship that they have with one another that it's like we're almost rooting for them and it's crazy how this movie has us wrapped around its finger where it's like we're not supposed to be rooting for the killer dolls but Eventually, we, we, we are like the killer yeah. <laughs> house.
0: Like I, and then we get this whole where I brought it up in the other thing, the amulet.
1: Oh, that I wrote that down. The too. amulet
0: gets brought up. He was buried with the amulet. So then, this is where it becomes a road trip movie. Oh, because so, well, they have to get. We're to, going
1: a little quick. Let's slow down for a second. Let's talk about this amulet rule. Um, the This franchise changes the rules at well, the drop of a dime. I,
0: I said. I think Chucky has been, in so many iterations, he becomes human too quickly in his doll body. So the only available alternative is for him to use the amulet. Whereas I believe Tiffany could have just told everybody who she was and transferred her soul. But Chucky is too selfish to let Tiffany do that. Because then she wouldn't need to go with him to Hackensack, New Jersey to exhume the body.
1: If we're going to justify that, that would probably be the most justifiable theory to have but ultimately what I think it comes down to is Don Mancini probably just didn't want to play by the rules anymore and like didn't want to be shackled to that one of you have to go with the first person that you um, that you reveal yourself and I know he maybe wanted to make it a road trip movie so it's like how do we get Chucky back to hack and sack so but instead of writing his way around a brick wall he just changed the entire wall you know what I mean? Which is fine, I guess. Who cares? But
0: And then we get this cool scene where Tiffany like fixes the bride doll so it looks It more looks more her- like her. Yeah, so she dies. And Chucky's hair.
1: like, Wow.
0: Like he's like hardcore crushing on this doll because now the doll looks hot. She's got her blonde hair, the makeup on, the mole everything that makes her Tiffany. Yeah,
1: so then that's when he talks about the amulet and he's like my it's amulet is buried with my body in Hackensack, New Jersey, so we need to get there. And Chucky um and Tiffany uh they trick the the kid Jesse into taking $500 and and upon uh request from Tiffany taking the dolls to New Jersey. So they're He's going to take the dolls to New Jersey. And meanwhile, he talks to Jade and says, let's run away together and get married. Like, this is a chance for us to start over.
0: And unfortunately for both of them, they're harboring killer dolls.
1: (laughs) Which I thought about it, too. And I was like, okay, so the first three Child's Play movies are about, like, Chucky murdering people. But then the blame gets shifted to Andy. And it's like, yes, we have that concept here. But it's so different because it's like we're on this road trip movie. The dolls are killing people. The the, people the blame is getting shifted to Jesse and Jade, but they're unaware of why the blame is getting shifted. to
0: them. So what makes it special is they are unaware that the dolls are alive, Mm -hmm. so they don't know who's killing it. So they think each other is the one who's the murderer. So you have like this added tension of they don't trust each other. And while they go, he goes to pick up Jade, her uncle comes and he wants to, he's planting weed in the truck so that when he gets, they get pulled over, um, gets in trouble, they get in trouble. But you know, Chucky's like, we got to take care of this guy. He's messing with our ride. And you know, Chucky, he's like, don't fuck with the Chuck sure so he wants to just do the old stabby stabby but tiffany goes on this whole thing about martha stewart and like you got to work with what you have so, who, who the hell is
1: martha stewart
0: <laughs> yeah and so she's like you gotta be creative
1: well she says uh and the, again where the movie becomes satire a little bit is uh tiffany saying uh stabbing went out of style uh in the 80s like this is the welcome to the nineties, Chucky. <laughs>
0: And so they use, uh, like, nails.
1: But then, the more I think about it, every other kill in this movie is, uh, like, some kind of really creative thing. And the only time Chucky actually stabs somebody is when he's trying to prove a point that, like, you could still stab in a horror movie. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, so we get... Um, they nail this guy in the face. And then they hide the body in the car, which I think is a stupid place to hide. What else are they going to do? Just like throw it out at the side of the road? I don't know.
1: And risk Jade and Jesse seeing?
0: I guess. I don't know. What do you do? And then so Jade and Jesse are pulled over at the like the store. Like I thought it was in like a drive-in, sto- like a drive-in store. Yeah. Like it looks like it might be like a, a restaurant with a drive-in. That's what I area But it, it also has a store attached to. Like there a gas food station. there? I think it's like kind of like a gas station,
1: kind of like an oasis,
0: maybe. Yeah, and um, this is where we get like Needle Nose catches them, finds the weed. Knows they both. Everyone knows that like the weed is not Jesse's. It was planted. And this is where Chucky's like, I gotta, like, we gotta take care of this because, like, they're, they're must- gonna
1: stop, they're gonna stop us from getting to. The
0: we need to get to where we're gonna go. So he has the brilliant idea. He goes, he's, he gets on the ground, he takes a shirt, he, like...
1: Where it's very clearly, like, a, kid a, in, a person in a costume. He
0: gets, <laughs> he put, stuffs the shirt inside the gas and lights it with the lighter that they stole, that... Tiffany stole from the cop that got killed and then the lighter as he's crawling falls out of his pocket and stays at the scene and this is also when he flips out the flips off yeah. the random high guy in the car and the guy's like rude fucking doll <laughs> <laughs> and
1: I, I love that like this movie is just Chucky and Tiffany don't really like... Their motivation isn't like let's kill anybody that gets in our way for the sake of killing them, or like let's kill people for the sake of killing them. Like in Child's Play three, when he kills the guy in the trash compactor, when he clearly didn't have to do that, he just did it to be a dick. Um, we don't see a lot of that in this movie, but it's like
0: people who are getting trying way.
1: to uh, Chucky and Tiffany trying to behind the scenes make it easier for. Jesse and Jade to get Jade them would- to their destination,
0: <laughs> and so then the police car blows up with the guy inside it. Jade immediately comes out of the store and it's like Jesse, drive, drive, drive. And at that point, just Jess- Jade is convinced that Jesse is a is the ki- is a killer. Like he did that, and. Um,
1: Jay, Jay, uh, Jesse's convinced Jade did it because she had just told the police officer like I'm going to vaporize you or something. Yeah. Some line so like they're both that.
0: convinced that the other is ki- uh, killing people and we get like a um call from the friend who's like they found a lighter at the scene which is the same lighter from the cop that was killed and now they think that like you guys are like serial murderers and like multiple murderers, and they decide Jesse and Jade to go get married at this like seedy marriage back lot, like like marriage motel. Sure. And so they get married, and they in their room, and this weird couple comes. Well, like, and
1: but this is also where we get that like these quiet moments with Chucky and Tiffany that they're just talking with one another, and you you do get to see like they. They do like each other, you know, like, even though Chucky is a dick and Chucky is like
0: Chucky is his
1: character He and looks out for number one, which he, is him. Yes.
0: But like if he if he ever He like, never
1: wants to admit to himself that, that he cares for he Tiffany. He cares for Tiffany. Nor will he admit it to anybody else that he cares for Tiffany. But it's these quiet moments where they're just like hanging out with one another and they're just talking that are some of the best parts but of this Chucky movie. But Chucky needs
0: to realize that Tiffany is the only reason he makes it to these newer movies. Or the new...
1: But he does, yeah. Like, well, without
0: I'm- Tiffany, the TV show does not happen.
1: No, no. They're accomplices.
0: Like, Tiffany is what allows Charles Lee Ray to be... Be but this is like chucky it,
1: it, it's the harley and joker scenario of every time that we leave a movie with tiffany and chucky like trying to kill one another or hating one another the next movie it's always like the relationship is is back together. even when he's
0: like i'm gonna kill her it's like no you're not you
1: can't stay away from one another
0: like you look like you hate her but you love her
1: so and no, like, ma- no she matter hates where we you leave,
0: but she loves you. So
1: like the first season, if I remember correctly, and I'm spoiling it, so skip ahead for anybody that hasn't watched season one of Chucky. Um, the first season kind of ends with Tiffany, like kind of blowing up the plans, right, for uh, Chucky to get all of these versions of himself across the United States. She kind of puts the kibosh on it, so. This new season, based on the trailer, is going to start with Chucky trying to get his revenge on Tiffany. But I uh, am 100% certain that the second season will end with Chucky and Tiffany being back together <laughs> and being accomplices once again.
0: I mean, she loves Chucky so much. She, she is, just gets mad at each other. They she, get mad
1: at each other. Get mad at each and other they other Because out.
0: Tiffany wants Chucky to love her the way she loves him. Mm-hmm. And Chucky wants Tiffany to stay out of his business.
1: Yeah, Tiffany's mother always said um, that you you can cook as much as you want and all the uh, he the least he could do is the Dude, dishes.
0: Which comes to a head. Is the one way you could always drive Tiffany and Chucky apart is that Tiffany is like very traditional homemaker mm-hmm. and all she wants is for I mean, in their alternative way, she wants Chucky <laughs> to be, like, the husband. All you have to do is do the dishes and appreciate the food.
1: We almost get in this movie, like, we get very close to sitcom, like, uh, what do we call Like a full house version of Chucky and Tiffany being domestic. <laughs>
0: because he's like, oh, you make the best meatballs. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then you get the... Uh, the dishes aren't going to do themselves and she's like what did you say? <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> it,
1: it implodes on itself because, because these two characters and these two personalities are so combative with one another and what makes a movie, I, I think what makes a movie endearing is when character drives story and not story driving character and I think in this movie we really really nailed that down where Every decision that's made in this movie is driven by the characters and how they interact with each other and how they react to the situations. Because it's not like, sure, if we want to get Chucky from point A to point B, like we can get him to point A to point B, but it's better to let his character decisions drive him towards getting to point B. So it's like that's where you hit the roadblocks in the the way, where Chucky and Tiffany probably could have 100% gotten their plan completed. If their character flaws didn't allow them to lash out at one another and cause chaos, but and, that and and that's what I mean when we say we get like this fleshed out version of Chucky because now his character flaws are on display,
0: yeah, and we really see this relationship between the two of them like how much he loves her in this next scene where Tiffany's pissed off because this weird couple came in and they stole the wallet of Jesse. And she's like, why is this girl get to wear the, a nice ring? And they're like, they're garbage people. So she does like the most amazing death scene oh, it's where so she, cool. they both sneak into the room and she stands there with a bottle of champagne. Both of the people see her in utter horror And she throws the bottle of champagne at the mirror above the bed and all the shattered parts of the mirror not only pop the waterbed, but also kill the people. And Chucky looks at her and is like, I love you.
1: (laughs) Because I think Tiffany is supposed to represent um, and maybe I'm looking too deeply into this, but maybe Tiffany is supposed to represent like the modern era of horror where it's like every kill that she has is really creative and crazy and Chucky is there representing that 80s brand of horror where it's like stab 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 and so when Chucky sees Tiffany doing these like wildly creative things that like, like he didn't even think I'm about it's Chucky getting caught up to the modern day
0: and then you get this like weird doll sex scene
1: which uh they improvised
0: and it's they play off each other so well and it's so funny and quirky and just like
1: Jennifer Tilly in the behind the scenes was like, yeah, Brad Dourif and I improvised a lot of like the noises. And then we just started talking as the characters. So that moment where Tiffany's like, do you, do you have, have a, a rubber? Do you have a rubber? And he goes, Tiff, I am rubber.
0: And he's like, I thought you were plastic. <laughs> yeah. So that's
1: just like a natural back and forth between Tilly and Dourif, which is so cool. Like, it's so good because you can tell like the chemistry is, is there between the two of them. Even though they're not acting like uh, physically with one another. Where but they
0: were, were in the same sound booth recording their lines.
1: And not a lot of um, voiceover stuff does getting the actors in the same place at the same but time. But I feel like if you work they're with so, one
0: person exclusively, you should be recording with them. Exactly.
1: Yeah. voice artists are at their best when they're playing off like acting at its best is playing off of somebody else remember when we watched halloween resurrection and it was like so obvious that one of the actresses was not uh, there like Like yeah so it was like very obvious one of the actresses wasn't there for a scene so like buster rhymes is like talking to himself basically And it's like, this is why it's important to have actors playing off of actors, because it makes the performances more genuine. Mm -hmm. So when you have the two voiceover actors in the same room together playing off of one another, the performance becomes like a hundred times better. Yeah.
0: And then we have both. So Jesse sneaks away to use the payphone and Jade calls her friend David And they both are talking to David and saying, like, they think the other one is the killer. They're really afraid. And so what David does is he comes to the hotel and gets in the car with them. He's like, well, I just I knew it couldn't be either of you because, like, you guys are so genuinely think it's the other person. And he's like, oh, but this place stinks. And then he happens upon
1: the body, the the body of the sheriff. Who gets stabbed a bunch of times yes. in a previous scene?
0: Yes, we missed that scene where he Chucky comes...
1: trying to prove a point that a, a a classic never goes out of
0: style. Yeah, and um, the friend's like grabs the gun and is like, "Pull over! Pull over right now!" And then he like he gets exploded by a, a truck. Mm-hmm. And so then Chucky's like, "We have to switch cars because everyone's gonna be looking for this van." And then they get into a like a trailer.
1: Well, Ch- Chucky and Tiffany then reveal themselves to. Oh yeah, uh, big everybody. reveal!
0: Big reveal that Chucky and Tiffany are dolls they are alive,
1: and they're they're like explaining it very clearly, like what's going on, and Chucky's just like, "Yeah, I've been through a lot,"
0: <laughs> and they say, "We're taking your bodies."
1: Yeah, uh, I like what Tiffany says here, where she's like,
0: "These are
1: like apartments." where we're, we're, we're just, just renting, renting it out but we're looking for something a little bit more permanent and that's where you guys come in you were at the right place at the wrong time unfortunately <laughs> yeah
0: and then we get this this is like the where we get to cl- where, but, climax and very quickly so to jesse the-
1: and jade are on the run right now because they're suspected of having committed all these murders Yeah, chucky and tiffany are still trying to take over their bodies like my question, I guess, is like, what is their end game? Because if they take over Jesse and Jade's bodies, then
0: they're just like Bonnie and Clyde on the run. Then,
1: yeah, they're still like fugitives. Yeah. So wouldn't you want something like Andy, who's like inconspicuous?
0: Who knows? Um. Then we have this. The scene with the meatballs and the cookies, so where good. where Jesse and Jade are clearly manipulating Tiffany and Chucky.
1: Jesse remembers that line that Tiffany said about the dishes. Mother always and said, he uses you could do it against
0: Chucky to say she's not much of a housekeeper because she makes the food but she can't clean. And then that Chucky says, uh, "Tiff, the dishes aren't going to do themselves," and that's where Tiffany loses Jade, it. <laughs> Jade says, "You cooked at least he could do is a, a single dish." And then it turns them against each other to the point where now they're fighting. And then we get the scene where, like... Tiffany they, gets
1: punted into the, the oven. oven.
0: Chucky freaks out because that's Tiffany. And mm-hmm. she was just punted into the oven. And then we get, like, the the, the whole trailer crashes. We're at the cemetery, though. And we get both Crispy Tiffany Crispy Tiffany yep. and Crazy Chucky taking these two to the grave site that's being exhumed Chucky kills the guy who's exhuming the body Oh because
1: they found the police found Charles Lee Ray's fingerprints and they're like what does Charles Lee Ray have to do with this like yeah. on the dead bodies of the previous victims so they're exhuming Charles Lee Ray's grave to, to... make sure
0: he's actually dead Yeah <laughs> um And then we get, like, this thing where, like, we get so close. And then Tiffany betray Chucky. And it's like, maybe we're just meant to die. Like, Mm -hmm. we're just, our story is supposed to end. And um, Chucky's like, F that. And, like, they have a scene where they're both fighting with shovels. And he stabs, oh, it's, and
1: it's shot from like a bird's eye view. So you,
0: it's definitely two people, yeah, in yeah, in costume. And then he stabs Tiffany, um, and she lay lay their deed. And then Chucky's like,
1: because remember what we said? Chucky loves Tiffany, but if it came between
0: his Tiffany goal, and
1: his goal, he's choosing his selfish goal.
0: So, um, eventually, like. They get him where Chucky's trapped in the grave. A cop comes and she's- I missed this part. And um, she's like, look, it's like this. And he's like, no one's ever going to believe this. And she takes the cop's gun and shoots him. And he's like, "Uh, he's like, I'll be back. He's like, I never stay gone for long. He's like, but dying is such a bitch.
1: Yeah, again, like that satire Like, I'll
0: be back, but like f- dying sucks. Mm-hmm. And then- um, the cop is like oh my god and he sees Tiffany and he pokes her and pokes her and she well, goes Well
1: the co- the cop's like no one's, no gonna, one's ever going to believe He's like no one's going to believe
0: this but he but he calls everyone he's like Jade and Jesse like they're not they didn't do it. So clearing Jade and Jesse. Um and then we get he pokes Tiffany and she like comes alive to squirt blood on his face and give birth to like this like demon baby i
1: have to imagine because he's the baby is essentially born of dembella right yeah. so a spawn of evil yes and therefore can um move quicker in the development process right because it's only been like a day since chucky and tiffany you know, yeah. conceived
0: so it's like magic
1: yes a, a child born of voodoo
0: yes so then that's where that we... makes
1: it that makes it more palatable for me a little bit more understandable because i've always thought about that like how the hell is there a fully formed like fetus after a day uh, but, evil but voodoo.
0: the great thing is though this is where we end and it leads perfectly into seed
1: well seed doesn't come in s- until six years later i know but, <laughs> but it like,
0: gives us the se- like it gives us it... a setup for seed
1: i don't think that don mancini had any plans to make a Sequel to this movie, um, until like a little bit later, because it it seems like it is a movie that could potentially wrap up the franchise. Where it's like we reinvigorated this thing, we made a, a one last Chucky movie where uh, we're gonna we're gonna get out of here with our hands clean and we're gonna make the fan base happy. But six years later we have Seed of Chucky which takes from my I, my memory of the movie and again we're gonna have to review it but my memory of the movie is I love Seed of Chucky but it takes all of the things that maybe Don Mancini thought everybody loved about Bride and turns it up to 11 and it's like too much
0: I you, love you,
1: it I love it too but it's almost like you did too you, you much. You with turn
0: off a casual viewer at that point. Because if you. Me and Anthony who are like big horror fans. And also like members of the. LGBTQ. Anthony's an ally though. Lame. Ally. Ally. But it gets so campy. And so like.
1: I don't even think that seed is camp i think seed is just a comedy movie
0: it's great it's great <laughs> i know? love it well no there's horror elements in it elements they kill. but they kill it,
1: it's i wouldn't even consider that horror but then we get to curse which makes it uh it tries to move away from camp so it much It
0: so horror yeah that
1: it's not as it's not as where i nice think the tv show
0: gets it just and right. cult,
1: cult is very good about like having that balance, but the TV show itself and like we gotta rewatch season one. the TV
0: show gets it so right.
1: It gets it so right and it's it's tough to take every element of this franchise because we do share a single continuity. It's hard to take the Andy Barclay section and vibe of the franchise and then the Tiffany and Glenn, vibe of the franchise as well as the nika pierce vibe of the franchise and merge them all together in the series but we do and but it's we good. do it yes and we figure it out because at, the more i watch these movies like i remember being in high school and like watching the child's play franchise and this was before cult or curse came out but i was like so like don mancini just doesn't get it i was very critical of of mancini and saying like This guy just, like, doesn't know how to write a horror movie and lost his touch and lost his way. But now that I'm revisiting all of this stuff, along with some of the new stuff that's come out, I'm thinking very much the opposite of Mancini. And, like, I'm really, really appreciating Don Mancini's, like, take on some of this, the commentary that he's trying to make with some of this, the creativity that... Don Mancini's writing pulls out. And it's not perfect. uh, Some of the dialogue is sketchy. Like, definitely Seed is a a sketchy movie. But there's a uniqueness to Don Mancini's view of the world that shines throughout these movies and makes them creatively unique and different than anything else, which is so, so, so good, you know? In an era where everything is a reboot or a remake or um, shifts a a campy vibe to a completely dark and opposite of camp vibe. It's nice to have Don Mancini here where he understands exactly what this franchise is and what it needs and makes it unique. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I really appreciate this
1: movie the mittens our cat is in the background just yelling at us mittens anyway long story short brie let's wrap this thing up uh what do you think about the movie this
0: makes my top 100 i I'm I, I would say it, it, it even makes too. top 10 bride. oh yeah bride of course yeah but you gotta see to think my top 10 is like dinosaurs and horror movies
1: yeah. <laughs> I I would say Bride goes up on the list too, but I don't know. It our list is so scattered that it's like if you went if you saw our the Child's Play movies that we have added to this list so far. It's Child's Play 1 and Bride. But if you watch those two movies back to like one after another, it's like holy crap, where did we go <laughs> with this franchise? You know what I mean? It's like you could watch them back to back. However, you're going to find that one movie is completely different than the other. Oh, yeah. But I think that's the magic of the franchise and why Bri deserves to be on the list, too. I agree. Um, okay. Uh, uh, what's next, Brie?
0: Next, we are going to do Seed of Chucky.
1: 2004's Seed of Chucky. And
0: we're excited to do that one with you. We are also super excited... Um, as we move closer, so we're only 27 days from our wedding, so forgive us if we take time off and it's not pre-planned and it's just like a last minute, hey, we're not going to be able to make a podcast today and we're sorry, but as we get 27 days till we get married, we have a lot of stuff to do. I have a question for you. What's her? Our- because
1: your- the more I'm thinking about like the Child's Play series, the Chucky TV show, the more I'm like, yeah, we're going to watch season one and do, do an episode about it. Do you want to do the remake? Is it worth revisiting?
0: I would rather never watch that remake again.
1: Okay, we won't. We'll we'll keep it within the continuity. Yeah, not the franchise. I I apologize,
0: people who like the remake. Nobody likes the remake. Didn't think it was good. It's
1: not child. It's not chucky. I watched a video about the remake, like a video essay that was um, called "Child's Play 2019: A Masterclass in Missing the Point." Like, you missed the point of what made Childs play 1989 or whatever so good. You missed the soul of the movie.
0: And I think it is the queer undertones that really, you. It, it's, there's something special about an eight like the 80s movie. Yeah. There's something special about the queer undertones throughout the whole series. You can't replicate that
1: nor did they try nor to did replicate. they try they to... just they just took the name and
0: Ro- rolled with it yeah I, I didn't like it so we're not watching it but we're gonna we're gonna watch seed next um so make sure you're following us um and get ready for that you can follow us on instagram at review underscore pod you can email us for any suggestions at reviewpodcast one at com. you can follow anthony on twitter
1: at gld tv one
0: and if you want to get a hold of me, you need to find all the bits and pieces of me scattered across the universe, piece it all back together, do the voodoo ritual, and I might come back, but then that's your grave.
1: Are do we do we dum-ba-la. Dum-ba-la.
0: Awake. Um, yeah.
1: But you got to say awake. Don't forget to awake. Awake. And you need the amulet.
0: And, yep. So without the amulet, it's, it's useless.
1: Give me the amulet. <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway this has been a great podcast um keep up with our social media because there might be news of us skipping a week or anthony just gave me a look like i haven't posted on social media in months months
1: <laughs> it's been months so brianna
0: shut your <laughs> hole <laughs> but it's been fun we're now gonna go clean our house and do all like domestic things so i hope you enjoyed she's the gonna podcast. make
1: me cookies and swedish meatballs and i'm not doing the dishes so
0: anthony you only do the dishes like literally <laughs> literally I cook, I do all the cooking, and all he does all the dishes. It's exactly what Tiffany was looking for.
1: Those dishes ain't going to do themselves.
0: That's what I tell him.
1: Okay, let's wrap this thing up. Uh, this is the Review Podcast. We'll be back next week with Seed of Chucky. You can find us anywhere where you get your podcasts, whether that be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, etc. Rate us five stars. Uh, stick around for next week. Uh, I think you'll like our episode on Seed of Chucky, because I'm sure we're going to have a lot to say about it. So come back next week and we will be here ready for you. My name's Anthony.
0: And I'm Bree. And
1: this is the Review Podcast. We'll be back next week. Thanks for stopping by. The
0: Review Podcast. Yeah.